Okay, we're good. We're good. All right, everybody, welcome back to another hot edition of Red, White, and Missy Stories. This is the uh, podcast in which we combine two of, uh, two of our favorite things, right? Yes, I would say, I would say so. Yes, uh, wine slash booze and mystery. Two, two things we fucking love and dare. We hold very close to our hearts. Uh, we could just stay up all night and drink and, and gab about, um, like, whodunits. <laughs> like, pretty whodunit. Sure, <laughs> pretty sure we actually have done that, so. <laughs> yes. We've done at least, like, 15 of these, I, I think, right? Ish, yeah. Close. And before we even started recording, there were a lot of nights in the bar that we stayed until closed just chatting about random mystery crap. Yeah, like talking about like um, like UFOs and stuff, and just oh, yeah. that's why we did this podcast. Like we're like, you know what? We need to start recording this for posterity. <laughs> yeah, we should make other people listen to this and like force them to be fans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we did. We're here. We we've done that. We're like we're in the like the the um, terrible teens now. I think so. We're here. We're are we're we here. already we're loud? Are we really? We oh my god! <laughs> we gotta be. Uh, hot scoop. Uh, we record these like way in advance, so, so we never know where we are. <laughs> the one you just released to give people a time frame is episode 10. So yeah. by the time we get to this one, we're like well into the teens, maybe in the 20s. Yeah, we uh, we might be old enough to drink. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, uh, I'm Patrick M. Dunn. You probably remember me from the previous uh, episodes. And who, am, who do I have the pleasure to be here with today? <laughs> you always have the pleasure of being with Jill Buck. Yes. Um, it's yes. so funny that you introduce it that way because listening to your other podcast, the um, a very special episode, um, I I know uh, I, uh, 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 a very special podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, very special <laughs> podcast. Sorry, my bad. Um, there was totally an episode where Cat was like, "Who the hell else would be here? It's always me." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my god, it's so true." <laughs> well, you never know, like. Uh, as I said on a very special podcast, uh, maybe, and it could happen here, like maybe you get like the gout or something one day and you can't, like, you can't be here. So you have to get like, te- you have to be like, uh, a like temporary Robert Penn. Yeah. The T-1000 guy from, uh, ter- uh, Terminator, like Scully's temporary partner for like a season. So yeah, you know, wild things can happen. Uh-huh. Wild things can happen here. And, uh, we're, we're recording from our s- separate superstition stations today. So I like that one. We're, that one's that one's good. Yeah, that one's good. Yeah, that one's good. We're like just floating through space and time right now, just in separate uh, quadrants, and just trying to um, combine our voices and bless the world with, with mystery. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know what, what have you been up to like the last couple of weeks? Because like in in like the real world, it's been like t- maybe three weeks since we last recorded. So oh, what's man. happened? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just busy, busy. Uh, the weather started getting nice and Ooh. I've been babysitting my nephew a lot. Um, which is fun and exhausting at the same time. Yeah. Catch it up on any TV, any uh, special TV shows that you've been watching? Um, Dr. Who maybe? Oh, I've been yeah. watching a lot of Dr. Who on Netflix. Thank <laughs> you for reminding me. Yes. Um, <laughs> actually it unfortunately is not on Netflix anymore, but luckily I have Amazon prime and it is there. Ooh. Thank God. 
So we've been catching up. We're in episode, uh, episode. We've, we're in season 10 um, because we're kind of gearing up and getting ready, uh, ready for the new doctor. Um, we're Lady doctor? We're super excited for the lady doctor. So yeah. we're finishing up um, Peter Capaldi so that we can get to the new season um, and like just be amazed at the lady doctor. And the episode that we watched last night totally made me think of an episode that we recorded while we were down there visiting you and it was one that our scientists joined us for um yeah and it was regarding uh the are we living in a simulation so um this episode of doctor who um totally basically starts off with them like you know he's getting into trouble and whatever and the vatican comes to ask for his help and all this shit <laughs> and his companions with him and they realize that they're actually a simulation they find out that they are living in a simulation and that they are simulated characters and he's like yo i've been recording shit with my sonic uh um, sunglasses this entire time and I'm sending an email to the real version of me so you ain't getting shit but it brought up this whole really good point because I know one of the things that we were saying in our um, is this a simulation episode is that like if there's a civilization that is advanced enough technologically to create a simulation with beings that have their own consciousness they would probably be so advanced that they wouldn't do it because it would be boring for them. It would be like us trying to explain to ants why we wait in line at an amusement park and stuff like that. Yeah, listen to call back, call back to a previous app, listen to it. I think it's like episode eight or something. Something like that. So yeah. this episode of Doctor Who, the simulation was created by this alien race who was interested in invading Earth and they wanted to run a simulation to get an idea of the best tactics, how to go about it properly, to ensure their victory over Earth and the people oh. that live there. So they were running this simulation a bunch of times to, like, create various scenarios and actually, you know, figure out if they'd be able to conquer us and the best way to go about it. So they were running this simulation as a precursor to their invasion so, so they want it to be like a baller on a budget and just be like, hey, let's do this like the cheapest way possible. Yep. We don't have to use all our lasers and stuff and our um, like Death yep. Star chemicals. Yep. Let's just, just we are going to make but sure we fucking win. With the least resistance possible. So you know what, Darth Vader? Uh, you should have you thought about this uh, computer simulation uh, technology when you were trying to like blow up planets and shit. So, no shit, uh, right? Yeah, that's why you lost. That's why you lost to like a blonde-haired buffoon and like, yeah. a Wookiee. <laughs> Wookie. uh, the Wookiees are pretty cool. <laughs> they are, but you know what? Like, low-key, uh, if, if I lived in the Star Wars universe, I would be a Sith Lord. I'm just throwing that out there. The b bad guys always have more fun. And you know what? I can't wait until a bad guy finally gets his due, so... <laughs> <laughs> I'd have Just, to, I'm holding out. I'd have to come kill you. It wouldn't be right. I'd be on the resistance, oh. man. Resist. All right. Well, you know what? It you know it'll a be an epic place episode is in of the resistance. <laughs> it'll be an epic episode of Red, White, and Mystery Stories where you finally like <laughs> stab me in the heart, in my cold heart. We have a lightsaber battle. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, can can it be a uh, Phantom Menace style with like the double sided like Darth Maul? 
Double-sided dildo? Okay, we can go Ooh, there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just shove it in both ends. <laughs> yes. You can screw me from the front and behind. <laughs> <laughs> that does not sound right at all. <laughs> no, but you know what? Hey, it happens. It happens. Yep. The universe is large and in charge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What were you saying? So you had like a hot, hot scoop about so, the song. So yeah. So basically, like, um, it kind of throws that whole thing into a tailspin about the whole. Well, if there's a race that's um, advanced enough to simulate consciousness, they really probably wouldn't do it because it would be boring for them. There wouldn't be any purpose yeah. to it because we'd be like ants to them. Well, guess what? Just found the purpose um, running simulations to uh, figure out battle tactics and make sure they can, like, easily take over a planet. So, opens that shit wide the fuck up. We might be living in a simulation. Like, dude, does Earth have anything that would be, like, worthwhile to, like, alien race at this time? It depends on what they're looking for. I mean, they could be looking to um, just take the planet because we're in a good... Uh, spot like well in like relation to the sun and stuff like that if they're looking to harness the um energy of the sun by like putting up like a dyson sphere or something like that um our planet is in like a good place for like a, a base to be able to work from so they might not so much be interested in the planet as like using the planet for what they want to do and they would most likely want to wipe us out as the predominant species so that they don't have to deal with the hassle of us, like, being in the way. Yeah, it'd be really cool if, like, there was, a, like, an alien species that, like, relied on pollution as, like, a battery. Hey, <laughs> you never like, know. Oh, my God, Earth is fucking filled with pollution. Let's go take them over. Yeah, but joke's on like, them. They kill us and all the pollution goes away. Yeah, well, you know what, like, Eventually. yeah, like... like well, maybe, like, they take all the pollution, and they're like, hey, like, now there's, like, it's a win-win for both, I guess? I don't know. That knows? would be I nice. I don't know how it works, but I'm going to work on, like, a hot sci-fi short story. Uh, coming soon. Coming in 2025, because that's how long it takes me to do something. <laughs> about a symbiotic relationship between us polluting and some alien race using the pollution for their own resources. Yeah, it, it could be like a really deep, um, like version of Captain Planet. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right, <laughs> Uga. All right, so I'm gonna uh, dip into the crime pays hat. Oh I yeah. I think we should pull out today's topic. So if this is your first time at the podcast, uh, we just like crumble up a bunch of pieces of paper. We pull stuff out and we pull out a topic, and that's the topic that we're gonna do today. Yep. We have and actually posted a photo of the Crime Pays hat being worn by Patrick. I believe yes. it was poolside. It looked like it was poolside, so... It, yes, it was, absolutely. Yeah. In the hot Carolina sun. <laughs> so definitely check that shit out. It is in our Facebook group. Um, just look for Red Wine Mystery Stories. Uh, yes. We will totally add you. Um, yeah, we've actually gotten a couple of requests. Did you see that other request that came in? Uh, no, well, was it the was it the one that we that we thought was spam? No, <laughs> or was there another a, one? There was another one. Could also be spam, but looked less spam like in the account. So okay. I approved that as well, and we'll see what happens. Neither one has posted anything to the group, so I'm guessing maybe they're not spam. Maybe they do want right. to listen to us like drunkenly just discuss things and be offensive. All right. Well, before we pull the topic, can we do a PSA? Sure. All right. So we're gonna do a PSA. So. 
as he said, like we will pretty much accept anybody, but mm-hmm. we will like t- totally like check you out just to make sure you're real. Oh yeah. And then you're not gonna post like um like links to like shoes and stuff on our on our boards. So we we got we finally got like a not like someone we actually like did not know in real life. Someone yes. like neither one of us knew in real life requested to like join the Facebook group, and we both like studied them very closely under under microscopes yeah. and. Th- it was a super religious person. That's <laughs> all I had to say, which just like kind of goes against everything this podcast is about. So like I yeah. was like, wait, why is this person like requesting to join? Like, are they going to attack us? Like, what what's going on? Like, but, what's the agenda here? But if you're really a fan, tweet us at uh, Red Wine Mystery, and we'll like we'll do like a no bone zone apology. Uh, totally. And oh, by the way, speaking of our Twitter account, you need to post um a picture of the crime pace hat. I think you should post that picture on Twitter, and maybe the also the teacup. Oh yeah. Well, maybe. Ooh. All right. We there. There's gonna be some hot picks coming to the Twitter account because oh, Twitter yeah. is X rated. So you might you might see some um scandalized photos. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I gotta say though, we're too- working on my beach bod. I'm working on my beach bod first, and then, then there might be some scandalized photos coming. Oh boy! So, um, are you going to be wearing a teacup, Patrick? There, well, maybe not a teacup, but maybe there'll be a crime pace hat in a yeah compromise situ- <laughs> in a compromised place. <laughs> I am never touching that hat again. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. You're never pulling a, a mystery I'm topic not out of there anymore. Anything out of that hat. <laughs> I will wash it. I will wash the hat. I will soak it in bleach. <laughs> it'll it'll lose its Miami Vice color. It's like teal blue. <laughs> um. So in in all honesty, though, with that account that we were totally like um, scoping out when they requested to join the group, the posts that we were seeing, though, at least for me, I really didn't go super in-depth i was just like looking to see whatever i could to see if this was a actual human or not <laughs> nice hat um <laughs> i'm wearing the hat <laughs> um so we were only seeing the posts that were public so maybe that person is only like sharing the religious stuff in a public fashion maybe oh. they're involved with their church in some way and they're helping like get word out to people so they have to make those posts public but like all their like raunchy shit is friends only oh so yeah like maybe there's like if nips, we were friends with that stuff. person yeah we we could be, like if we ended up being friends with that person on facebook maybe we'd see a whole different side to that equation like there could be some serious like there could be like you know gratuitous cock photos and um, yeah. <laughs> um you know the the entire post could just be fuck this fuck that fuck this you know whatever yeah, uh, if if that's you if, if you hear this and that is you uh send us each a, a respective friend requests we are very interested in like in totally just stalking like facebook stalking your previous posts to see what you're like and then maybe you know deleting your friend but whatever well um (laughs) well i think that's a perfect segue into the topic that i pulled out of the hat because uh it kind of does involve religion in a weird way so i think um this this will either (laughs) this will either excite her or scare her away forever (laughs) because today today we are talking about the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. This is exciting to me. Exciting times. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't really know if it's like a mystery. I think it's more of like a um, like a hoax slash urban legend slash like witch hunt. But well, you know we what? are familiar with witch hunts. See well, I episodes. thought about this <laughs> when I when I was doing the research on this. Um, I thought about this. I was like, you know what? 
part of, like when we did the witch hunt episode we were like you know what we really like to point out the stupidity of human beings right which is like what we like, that's like a thrill for us like we get thrills off of just like realizing how fucking stupid people are yep and a satanic panic is like the best way to do that because like it's like all right you hear like about witch hunts we talk like that's something that happened like the 1600s like people don't fall for this stupid shit right but it's like hold on people fell for their shit when we were alive yeah Girl, when um, we were alive when i was like Charles living and breathing Manson and shit yeah like oh this is like after that too like, i know this is, like the 80s and 90s like oprah was talking about this shit like oprah the fucking like queen of everybody <laughs> Was talking, like, she did episodes about, like, satanic panic, like, satanic cults, like, in our neighborhoods and shit. And, like, Geraldo yep. and, all, like, everybody. Like, so yeah, it's like, hey. this is a big thing. This is a big thing. And I gotta say, um, every time you say satanic panic, all I can think, I know it's not related in any way, but all my mind keeps going to is fucking Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tim Curry singing <laughs> Sweet Transvestite. And where he says, I'll get you a satanic mechanic. And that's all I can Ooh. fucking think of. Every time you say satanic panic, all I hear in my head is satanic mechanic. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's not Tim Curry. Shush, 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 shush. <laughs> I just think of like, it's like the red color of a uh, manic panic hair dye. That's like when I think of satanic panic. Oh, my God. Yes. I fucking <laughs> used that hair dye in high school. That was I did, my too. I was shit. in like eighth grade. I got the purple one because I wanted to be like Prince. You know, uh, what? like what the color? I never did purple. I should have done purple. But do you want to know what happened to me? Uh oh. True story. All right. So, um, well, my cousin's um, then girlfriend, now wife, was like, "All right, you can't just put like because I, I have like dark hair. Like you can't just put like purple hair dye in your hair and have it like work. You have to like bleach your hair first. Yeah. So I rent off the fucking nearest like Dollar General or whatever and just grab some fucking hydrogen peroxide bleached the fuck out of my hair <laughs> i had like barbie blonde hair like the, the little like devin sour haircut oh god <laughs> that was me fucking like whipping around like fucking jtt or fucking or um, whipping your hair like, back pre- and forth <laughs> yeah like whipping around and then i'm like all right so then i went down to like spencer gifts got some manic panic purple because i fucking love it was, i think it was called like purple haze or something I don't yeah because they all had really cool names like, to them yeah but, like, say, Satanic Panic would have been, like, a fun red. But I got the purple yeah. one. I threw it in my hair. I fucking, like, let it soak. I did the whole thing. You let it sit in for a little bit. Then you, like, wash it out. It was purple for about, like, nine minutes. Then I, it was the middle of summer. This is, like, my mom wouldn't let me do it, like, during the school year. She's like, you have to wait till, like, the school year ends and then you can do it. Because I don't want fucking people seeing you. Then, so, like, nine minutes after I did it, I decided to, like, jump into the fucking pool. <coughs> Into a fucking a pool, a chlorinated pool. <coughs> Sorry. And just, do you know what happened? I just choked on my drink because I started laughing at that. <laughs> we'll Sorry. cut that part out. Or not. Or <laughs> do not. you know what happened to my hair? Did it after turn green? I jumped into the No, it turned fucking like silver. <laughs> really? Oh I my god. I had fucking god. silver hair. <laughs> Dude, were you like um that freaking X-Men character? He has Yeah, silver. Quicksilver, yes. whatever his name was. Yeah. Yes. I it was like, what the fuck happened to me? My mom fucking freaked out. We were like at CVS the next day buying the fucking like Cindy Crawford brown hair or something, just to, like try to like get it normalized. And we did like fucking seventeen color combos, and it, like it would not fucking get back to like the normal color. Oh it was my great. God. And you know what? 
I fucking loved it. I was like, yes, I can find. I can finally be an individual. Yeah. I, I, this is who I am as a person. I could. I am represented by my like my weird hair color. You know, and it's, it's funny that your mom made you wait until summer because my mom didn't give a shit when it came to like hair dyeing as long as I didn't stain like the bathroom or something. She was fine oh. with it. She was like, you do whatever the fuck you want to your hair color because it's all gonna grow out anyway. <laughs> So it doesn't matter. She had a problem with things that were permanent, like tattoos, which I did anyway when I was 19. (laughs) Well, fun. Well, this, this story has a kind of, kind of has like a, like a silver lining. (laughs) Yeah. Silver lining. Yeah. So like all summer long, like it just kind of like morphed into different colors and eventually it went back to it's like weird half blonde, half like my real hair color brown. Yep. And then. I like you, you know fucking I'm gonna like hydrogen peroxide it again. So I did it like one last time and it fucking was like bleach blonde and then like my mom's like, No, you're not coming back to school like that. You look like a fucking idiot. So like I she like did my haircut herself. Oh no. And I looked like fucking Ellen DeGeneres. I went back to fucking school, ninth grade, <laughs> looking like fucking Ellen DeGeneres. Oh my and God. I remember great. walking in to school and this fucking like I don't know like a bully was like you look like fucking Ellen DeGeneres and I was like oh my god I fucking went home and just like I could totally see it too I can like picture you and yeah you totally would look like Ellen DeGeneres hold on there's um one of my Facebook friends like over last summer posted a pic like around that time so I'm gonna I'm gonna post it to the um to the Facebook group and the Twitter and everything that we have. So you can, yep. you can see, like, Ellen DeGeneres, Patrick. That will be fantastic. Wearing an Airwalk t-shirt. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. It's great. All right. So, anyway, where, where were we? Where the fuck were we? What were um, we talking about, girl? Well, we had just gotten um, the topic down for today, which is the satanic panic or satanic mechanic <laughs> in my head. Um, yes. <laughs> so. So. This has to do with basically like Satan worshiping cults and shit like that, and basically cults and things like that in the eighties and right and all that shit. Yeah, right? it it's kind of like you know like um su- su- the suburbia lifestyle. It's just like hey, we're perfect. Our sons are on the football team. Our daughters are cheerleaders. Our like more theatrical kids are like in theater and other stuff. Yeah, and it's kind of like this world that they they just feel like the evil doesn't exist, and if anything bad happens, there's like definitely a motive behind it. So like if if someone gets kidnapped, it's just not like hey a child got kidnapped because the perp was just like a weird child molester. There's this like whole mythology behind it. Like yep. it's like no that just that doesn't happen here. We live in the suburbs. This is like city shit. So, yeah. There, there's definitely something behind it. So we're now kind of getting to, like, what's called uh, a moral panic. Do you know what a moral panic is? Lay the definition down for me. All right. So I got the total, like, Wikipedia definition right here. A nice. moral panic is a feeling of fear spread among a large number of people that some evil threatens the well-being of society. And a, the Dictionary of Sociology defines a moral panic as the process of arousing social concern over an issue, usually the works of moral entrepreneurs and the mass media. So this is like the news and shit, like people of like power, like going, hey, there's something wrong in our community. Um, 
we need to get to the bottom of it kind of thing. So it's like the local news is like three girls got kidnapped today. Why did they get kidnapped? Was it the, was it satanic cults? This is where we're getting at too. Like, so it's kind of like that whole, like that witch hunt thing where, right. you know, you saw your neighbor like dancing naked in the, under the moonlight. And it's like, Hey, she's possessed by Satan. Yeah. Must be a witch. Thing. <clears throat> yes. Must be a witch. So like picture the scene, picture the scene. It's sometime in the eighties or nineties. And you're perched on your ugly living room sofa mid-afternoon with your bonbons or popcorn or whatever your snack preference is, minus salt and vinegar and potato chips, or or uh, mozzarella sticks. <laughs> but, well, yes, mozzarella sticks. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, Sally, Jesse, Raphael, or Oprah, or Geraldo, or all the above are on your television screen. Warning you, yes, warning you, of satanic cults and that they are living among us. They are among us everywhere. Like, you can't even go around the corner without bumping into a Satanist. And they're preying on your children and drinking their blood and sacrificing them to their almighty Prince of Darkness. And if they don't want to eat your babies, they will infiltrate their minds. They will infiltrate their minds with heavy metal music like Dio. Shout out to Dio. <laughs> <laughs> and oh no! Now you think about it, like, hold on, your teenage son has, like, Bon Jovi here upstairs, and he's, like, listening to that awful headbanger music, and, like, oh, shit, oh, shit, is there a Satanist living under a roof? Is my son listening to, like, living on a prayer with this, like, cool fucking hair? Is he a fucking Satanist? What is going on? What is going on, girl? What is going on? We need to get to the bottom of this. We need to get to the bottom of this, so... Are you ready? Are you ready for a modern-day witch hunt? Fuck yeah, bring it on. Yes, because it seems like every few generations, humanity falls victim to some kind of lashing against something they don't understand, like the persecution of Jews in Europe, that they were stealing the blood of Christians for their own ritual sacrifices, or McCarthyism, like even kind of more recently, in the late 40s and 50s, that Americans were being influenced by the, by communism. So Yeah. Like... like that it's, was a big it's wild. thing. It's a fucking tough, tough world out there. Like, yeah. it's hard to be alive. Like, now fucking just throw satanic ritual abuse into this. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what? What? Yeah, and I gotta say, like, a lot of the shit that everybody says is like, oh, well, that's satanic. Um, they don't actually know anything about what that, like, satanic stuff has nothing to do with, like, you know, all the shit that's, like, you know, sensationalized in the media about like, oh, well, they're sacrificing virgins to the Dark Lord and shit. <laughs> That's really not what it's about. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just get fucked then. Like, yeah, it's like... You don't have to worry about it. Basically, like, if you look at a lot of the shit, like, the morals are a lot better than most religions out there because they're like, oh, well, respect for everyone, not respect for everyone. Well, except, you know, Jews and black people and, you know, women and <laughs> whatever. Yeah, well, it's like respect for everyone. And, oh, hey, like we hold women in a high regard and we hold these people in a high regard. And it's like, OK, well, where the fuck is that in other religions? <laughs> well, the, all right. So. We're going to get like a little, um... We're getting on, off no, on a tangent, aren't we? No, 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 we're not. We're going to get a little deep right here. So, the Church of Satan is not really as evil as you think. No, it's not. If you look into it, they're basically just atheists. Yeah. And they just believe that, they're hey, you know what? There's no God, but 
They're atheists We like masquerading. the symbol of the devil? Yeah, they're atheists masquerading as a religion to be more palatable for other people because for some reason, people have a real problem with atheism. Yeah, atheism is, a, is like a tough pill to swallow. It's a jagged little pill. <laughs> uh, oh, Alanis Morissette <laughs> reference. <laughs> yes, first one of the podcast maybe. Who knows? Um, first but, one of this episode, we've definitely had some references prior episodes. I'm sure. she comes. I, I literally make a, a Alanis reference in my life at least once a day so anyway <laughs> anyway um the church of satan like which was like recently founded too it's not like this like thing that's been around for like a millennia like all these like weird accusations claim like right it was founded in like pretty much recently like the last like 50 ish years mm-hmm. 60s 70s ish and they're basically just atheists they just like the art and symbolism of the devil and they just like chose to represent that as like kind of like not their deity but as just like a a, a symbol because also yeah, symbol. if you think about it too, like a pr person <laughs> i think i think some this could be completely wrong but just my thoughts on the matter um like okay yes they like the artwork and everything of the the devil but if you look at say the idea behind the devil it's kind of also alluring like the devil is not what makes people do bad things. He is not like some guy going around like going, ooh, this person's going to be evil and I'm going to steal their soul for hell. No, no. The devil is actually the one punishing the people who were bad in their lives. So you go to hell, he's the one punishing you. He's not actually making you do bad things. He's the one punishing you for the things that you chose to do on your own with your own free will that were bad. So... He's kind of a good guy. Like, the devil is portrayed as this evil thing, but if you think about it in reference to, like, all the, you know, what's going on, even in, like, Christianity and everything, he's the one that is punishing the evildoers. He's not the one making people do evil. He's the one punishing those that do evil. So that's kind of an alluring idea to get behind. Yeah, and, like... And another thing, it's just, like, what is your interpretation of good versus evil, too? Like, right. you can be on two different sides. Like, you think this is good, you think that's evil. So it, it, it's, it's like, a hard cookie to swallow. Yep. And I think, um, I don't know, like, I, I apologize. Actually, I don't apologize to, like, anyone that's super religious out there. Like, we if you made it this far to the podcast, <laughs> yeah, if you made it this far to the podcast, you know that I think fucking religion is a hogwash it, it it's basically like the equivalent of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's just like <laughs> someone was just super creative back in the day, came up with like all this fucking crazy shit, and it was great. People loved it. People fucking ate it up. And like Jesus is like Iron Man, and fucking <laughs> um, like Mother Mary is fucking Black Widow. Like I don't know. Like you you can find similarities. I'm not gonna tr- I'm not gonna fucking connect these dots. But like maybe we'll get th- into th- that in our our Gilligan's Island episode. Maybe, but like it's like religion is just like old timey comic books. Like that's how I feel. Yep. Like why is there like seven re- seventeen million different religions? Like which one is right? Which one is wrong? And how do you navigate this world? You can't. You can't. I so like this the theory. best way. I like where this is heading. <laughs> the best way to navigate this world is just to fucking YOLO live. <laughs> you only live once. Is that what you all said? Yes. I don't remember. Wow, we're Sorry. old. We're old people if we're using something like some teenage slang stuff and we don't even know what it means. Oh, my God. And, and I feel like yellow is like an old reference, too. It's not even like new, so. No, and it's kind of annoying. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like people don't like yellow anymore. It's like not a thing, but. That's probably a good thing because I feel like a lot of bad things could have come out of that. Uh, yeah, and they probably did. I'm sure they did. So, so that's like our religious corner, I think. <laughs> and we kind of like. Religious went roundhouse. Over like what, yeah, religious roundhouse, like a roundhouse kicked to the face from Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> Insert slap noise right there yep. or something. Yep. Like the sound of like someone going through like those like paper walls that they have in like those old martial art movies. Yes. <laughs> but I, I really want to get into like the fear of underground satanic cults. Like it was so widespread. Like it was so fucking widespread that it earned the nickname the Satanic Panic. Yes. Uh, Geraldo Her- Rivera. You, we know him. We know his mustache and fucking like all, like Jimmy Hoffa's vault and shit. Being empty. We know Geraldo. <laughs> Yeah, being empty. <laughs> he claimed, all right, this is wild. So I love, we're going to do some Geraldo math right now. You ready for some Geraldo math? Oh, yeah. Bring on the math. All right, so Geraldo Rivera, I, and I don't know what year this was, like late 80s, early 90s. He claimed that there were over 1 million satanic cults in the U.S. So I'm just like, hold on. <laughs> like, there's 1 million That's satanic a lot. cults. That's a really That's like high saying, number. Like, I don't even want to, like, break it down to, like, the number of the people that are, like, in the planet at this time. And he made this claim. But that's probably saying, like, every other person was in a cult. Like, a satanic cult. Like, seriously. So it's like like your neighbor, your paper boy, the person who works at the ice cream store down the street, they're all in a satanic cult. So, like, everyone's in a satanic cult. This really brings into play, like, what you were talking about before with the similarities with, um, you know, the the paranoia about... um, communism and shit that happened this is totally like you know the red scare all over again basically just making people think oh every other person you know is a communist well every other person you know is a a satanist or whatever like what the fuck yeah (laughs) and people bought into this shit people just bought into this left and right and um it kind of has like an origin are you ready for the origin Mm mm-hmm all right, so initially, um, the publicity came through a book called Michelle Remembers. Do you know about this book? I actually don't. Because okay. once again, you've so this... done all the research and I have done shit. <laughs> all right, so this is fucking wild. All right, this is fucking wild. So it's 1980. The book Michelle Remembers is published. And um, it's a book. It, it was written by a Canadian psychiatrist, uh, Lawrence Pazdar. And his psychiatrist's patient and eventual wife. So the person who was his Whoa. patient eventually became his wife. Her name is Michelle Smith. That sounds like not okay as far as like a, a therapist or, you know, doctor. Like, wow. Um, so I ended up marrying one of my patients. That sounds like some serious transference and countertransference going on there. Yes, totally. And it kind of gets into my um, like theories corner too. Okay. So. So, Michelle Smith is the patient. Uh, Lawrence, we're going to call him Bad Larry. Bad Larry <laughs> is the psychiatrist. And this was a fucking bestseller. You can still buy this book on Amazon. It's, like, super cheap. What? Buy it. I, ha- I haven't read it yet. I am, like, I might read it. We might do, like, a special, like, follow-up episode, like a mini-ep, and we'll talk about it. Okay. But- so, this was the first, I guess, the first book written on the subject of satanic ritual abuse. That's what I found on Wikipedia, but then I was, like, going a little bit back further, and there's, like, other books written about the subject that aren't as popular, but 
possibly could have impacted things further down the line. Ooh. So uh, we'll get into it in a bit. But anyway, um, th- th- this was a popular book, and it it's in an, it's integral to the controversy beginning in the 1980s regarding the satanic ritual abuse and recovered memories. I'm gonna, I say recovered in like air quotes. Yeah. Because since the book has been published, it has been discredited by several investigations which found no corroboration of the book's events, while others have pointed out that events described in the book were extremely unlikely and in some cases impossible. Hmm. So I'm going to get into the book. You ready to hear about Michelle Remembers? Oh, yeah. Give me a synopsis here. And I remember. Is it like a Madonna <laughs> song or something? Um. Oh, my God. That was like super popular when I was in high school. And now, it, wasn't that like the graduation song? No, that was Vitamin C, girl. That was fucking. And as we go on, we'll, we'll remember. remember. Yeah. I'm thinking of like an actual like Madonna song, like, and I remember. But maybe I did like the same harmony. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This, yeah, um, you totally if you, if did the same notes there as the Vitamin C song. I'm sorry. If you're here for music history, go somewhere. Yeah, else. we're getting this we're going we're getting history. we're about to talk about our our uh, boy toy Satan right now. Ooh yeah. <laughs> so Michelle remembers. You ready? Yep. You ready to get into like the the down and dirty? You ready to dip it low with uh, Michelle? <laughs> dip it low. <laughs> All right. So Michelle remembers chronicles Pazder's therapy in the late 1970s with his longtime patient uh, Michelle Smith. And in 1973, that's when um, Paz first started treating uh, Michelle at his private psychiatric practice in Victoria, British Columbia. And then, um, like, he treated her for, like, a couple years. Like, he was like, it's going on. And, like, one day, one fucking day, like, Michelle woke up. And she, like, she had a fucking weird dream. Like, you know, like, you know, like, sometimes, like, you wake up in the middle of the night. And you're like, that was fucking weird. Holy shit. Like, I need to remember this in the morning. Right. And then you, like, wake up three hours later and you don't remember fucking anything at all. But, like, yes. it, it, you're still, like, chilled to the bone. Yep. You're, like, you're fucking chilled to the fucking bone. Extreme times a million. That's what Michelle felt like. And she showed up. And it's, like, it's been, like, three years of, like, being under um, Bad Larry's care. And she's like, hey, Bad Larry. I got fucking something to tell you. I had some fucking crazy dream last night. I can't remember it, but like, ugh, like it means something. Like this must be why I'm depressed. Like this is why my life is crazy. This is why my life is in shambles. And he's like, hmm, like, all right, um, this is kind of weird. And so, like, shortly thereafter, um, they they started doing this thing where it's like, hold on, like. Maybe we'll just start like tape recording all our sessions. We'll do these like really deep sessions and we can analyze them from afar. So it took 14 months. So like the next 14 months, Pazdar slash Bad Larry uh, spent over 600 hours using hypnosis therapy, which I I don't know if like that was like a new thing or, or if it's been around. I didn't really do that much research. I think it like had a fad. Like it had been around for a bit, but it had this like occurrence of being super you know that was the trendy thing to use to treat patients and to like recover lost memories and shit 
So there was this big boom of it, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, that's not actually working. It's just creating more problems because you're actually, like, people are imagining things. They're not actually remembering actual memories. Their brains are just, like, fucking with them. Anyway, so I guess that's what might have happened. So uh, Michelle started to, like, recover alleged memories of satanic ritual abuse. And, like, it, it flashed back to when she was, like, really young. So, like, it was between 1954 and 1955 when she was, like, five and six. Yep. And she has these, like, weird flashes and visions of her mother and others, all of whom, uh, Michelle said, were members of a, like, elite satanic cult in uh, British Columbia. Um, so, and I gotta say, this is already reminding me of an X Files episode. So, just putting that out there. Uh yeah, I was gonna get into that. So, there's like three or four, or even more, like episodes that are very reminiscent of like satanic uh, like cults. Yeah, but there's one that deals specifically with them. Is it the one involving a school? Is that yes, what and <laughs> Satan actually is like there and like. Yes. Is unhappy about how the there's been a decline in the ritual sacrifices. So he's just like, fuck this. I'm going to take on a human form and do the sacrifices my goddamn self. Because you, you, yes. you bitches aren't doing it for me. Yeah. So I was kind of kind of... I was going to kind of segue into that, okay. but like, I am fucking super impressed that you remember that episode. Because it, it kind of... I, I enjoyed that reading, episode. <laughs> so like, now I'm like, I wonder if... Like, that episode was inspired by this case. Like, now that I'm, like, looking back to it. Because, like... Yeah, that's kind of what it's making me think. I'm like, oh, my God. Because the girl in that story is, like, a high school girl. And she all of a sudden is having these, like, memories of being molested in the basement while by her, like, stepdad while there's all these other people around, like, chanting in a circle. So... I'm trying to remember the name. Is it Syzygy? Is that the name of the episode? Or is it Die Here and Die of Rulettes or something? I, there, there's a few. I, I don't mix know. these up. Um, so if it, if anyone out there knows that like the actual X Files episode, tweet us at Red White Mystery or email us at uh, redwidemysteries at gmail.com. Yes. Or send us a smoke signal in the form of a chemtrail. Over Myrtle Beach or uh, Brewster, Massachusetts. Um, born we'll Massachusetts, but oh, yeah. Oh, born, I'm sorry. Okay. Anyway. So, um, let's see. I kind of want to Wait a minute. I'm looking up the X-Files episode here. Is, hold on. Are you thinking of the one with the girl who played Eric Foreman's sister on that 70s show? Is that the one we're thinking of? Oh my God. Is she in that? I think so. Let's see. I'm looking up one that's from season three that takes place in comedy new hampshire i think that's the one i'm thinking of dude that has ryan reynolds in it what the fuck no this one is about the two like high school friends i think the two girls um all right in a small new hampshire town Mulder and scully investigate the murder of a teenage boy found displayed in accordance with a cult practice yes yeah because she she comes in as like a um and she's like a, a teacher maybe a substitute because their teacher like doesn't show up or whatever but she's really the devil and the the real teacher is like been eaten or something all right so that is a season two episode episode 14 yep. is called die hand die verlets it it yes. originally aired in 1995 and it is a fucking great episode it and really it kinda is like, 
it kind of like involves like witchcraft in a way. So it was like a combo of like a lot of like fun things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But like it was, it was basically linking witchcraft to like Satanism, which isn't the same thing, but But um, it it was making it like hand in hand. Yeah. It definitely evolved like occult like phenomena, like, which is why I I enjoyed that episode. So, yes. So anyway, um, I want to get back to uh, Michelle's, Oh yeah, bring that on. Of her remembrance. So her book, her book documents um, her journey, her memory of events recovered during therapy, documented the many satanic rituals she believed that she was forced to attend. And um, Bad Larry stated that Smith was abused by the Church of Satan. He like specified the Church of Satan, Mm -hmm. which he states is a worldwide organization predating the Christian Church, despite. The actual, like, Church of Satan, like, being, like, kind of newer-ish. Yeah. So already that was, like, kind of, like, wild. Wild accusations. Uh, anyway, the first alleged the first alleged ritual attended by Smith took place in 1954 when she was five years old. And the final one documented in the book was an 81-day ritual that took place in 1955 that, all right, this is wild. So apparently, like, for a whole year, like, her mom... Basically, like, forced her to go to these rituals and all these, like, crazy things happened. And it ended with, on this 81-day ritual in 1955, like, where they went to this, like, graveyard and they, like, tortured her and did all this, like, crazy shit to her. And they were actually trying to summon the devil to Earth. Like, they were actually going to bring the devil to Earth and have him, like, take over the planet. But, miraculously... Uh, Jesus, the Virgin Mary, and Michael the Archangel, they miraculously intervened, stopped the devil from taking over Earth, they healed all Michelle's scars, and she became, like, a whole person again. Yep, and they even removed the memories of the events from her. Yes, so she, like, would not be, like, scarred by these memories, but, like, she slowly started to remember these, like, over time. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like there's the the book struck a nerve with a lot of people like on both angles like the people that were like super religious like believed holy shit the world is coming to an end satan is here we're gonna die he's invading our lives our graveyards our children are being morphed by like heavy metal like kiss night in Satan's service i don't know like ace freely is gonna fucking gene simmons and his tongue like oh like all kinds of crazy things Heaven forbid there be a tongue. <laughs> yeah, and then the other side of the spectrum is just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what, girl, what? Like, yeah, what? like, this is so fucking <laughs> ludicrous. It's not even funny. Yeah, so, like, and, all right. So, like, there was, like, soon as the book was published, like, there was already all kinds of, like, investigations into it. But, like, a couple of, like, the notable ones was, all right, in 1995, another book came out, uh, that just like spilled all these further inconsistencies and dismissed allegations. Uh, the authors found like like they did super fucking research. They were up all night in fucking research scare, looking at microfiche, probably like early like World Wide Web technology. Yeah. Fucking Sandra Bullock in the net in this shit. They probably had fucking like notepads everywhere and fucking the the glasses, the fucking pencil behind the air, yep. hair tied in a bun kind of thing, and, like, pulling down dusty books. All kinds of the... You know that shit, right? Oh, yeah. You know that shit. Yeah. That's how we, that's how we roll this podcast. We're up it all really night fucking... It really is. 
<laughs> and they're like, hold on. Like, all these things they were talking about that's going on, like, all this time. Like, hold on. If someone was out of school for 81 days in order for them to summon the fucking devil to this planet, like, a teacher or, like, a fucking schoolmaster, a truant officer, someone would have, like, recognized this. Yeah, somebody would have fucking noticed and been like, yo, where is this bitch? Yeah, and they were, like, going around. They were, like, going back to, like, because, like, it's... It's the 90s, like, people from the 50s were still alive. And they're like, hold on, all right, you were, like, the truant officer in this town. Did you ever, like, run into, like, some fucking family that had their kid out of school for 81 days? And they're like, no, like, I don't, I would have fucking known this shit was going on. And then all of a sudden she came back and she seemed like she'd been locked in a cage and, like, sexually assaulted or some shit. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, and then they were even, like, going into, like, hold on, it's like 2002, another article came out. And so I guess the cemetery that this supposedly happened at was called, like, the Ross Bay Cemetery, mm-hmm. which they said was in, like, close proximity to, like, three neighborhoods. Okay. And if there was any kind of, like, ritual going on, any kind of, like, loud noises, any kind of sacrifices, like a baby squealing, children screaming, anything out of the ordinary, these fucking people would have heard it. Because they were, like... Mrs. Kravitz from fucking Bewitched type neighbors. Like, they were like, oh, shit. Like, we were on the fucking prowl. We knew this shit was, like, we knew this shit was going on. Like, we would have known. Totally, like, if there yeah. Was a, if, there, if there was a black mass in our fucking backyard, girl, I would have been on that shit. Yep. So, I don't know. And then they started saying, like, around the time that they started doing these um, hypnosis sessions, it was, like, around the time, like, The Exorcist came out. Ah, uh, so, like... So, like Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> so it was like maybe, maybe she was starting to have like memories. Like you, you know, when like you watch like someone like when you're a real small child and you're like it, it fucking sticks with you, and you don't you don't know why. Yes, and there's always like some. It's just some like random little bit of something that sticks with you, and you don't know where it's from. So it could easily yeah. be misinterpreted as like an actual memory of something happening to you, rather than a memory of like watching something. I had. So, semi-fun fact, I had this happen to me with Logan's Run. So, Ooh. yeah, a sci-fi movie from, like, the fucking 70s that nobody our age really knows. I watched it when I was a little kid with my dad because that's what we did. And for the longest time, I did not know what the movie was because I didn't know what the names of movies were, really, when I was a little kid. And there were certain scenes from this movie that had just stuck with me and I didn't know where they were from. Like the scene where they had just escaped and they're swimming in the pond and he looks at his palm and the crystal that's set in his palm is clear. And he like has the revelation that they have escaped the, you know, the city and they're no longer on the time clock and they're not going to die when they hit 30 Like, that scene stuck with me. And then the scene where they meet the guy with all the fucking cats, that stuck with me. (laughs) Didn't know what movie it was. So, like, trying to explain that to, like, somebody else my age, they'd look at you like you were fucking insane. Like, something had obviously happened to you when you were a small child that you were repressing and creating this false memory. No, no. When I was, like, 19... I saw it on the friggin' sci-fi channel and I was like, my God, it is an actual movie. I'm not insane. <laughs> yep. And now I have it on DVD to just prove to everybody that, hey, look, I see this. This is what I was thinking of. I'm not psychotic. So, yeah, so, that's that's yeah. my story about that. 
So yeah, so it's like a weird thing, like things you see when you're a child, like you do, you don't realize it's a movie, you think it's real life. Mm-hmm. And then like another thing, another thing that was like being floating around was is that like Michelle Smith ended up marrying Bad Larry, so it's like maybe she had a crush on him all along and yeah. just wanted to like feed into like what he wanted to hear. Right, wanted to be fascinating for him so that he would take an interest in her and therefore end up marrying her. Yeah, so it's kind of like, all right, so let's say, let's do like reverse X-Files right here. Let's okay. say, like, Scully was like, all right, you know what? Maybe I just want to fuck Mulder. So, like, I will just <laughs> commit to his theories and just say, hey, there's an aliens among us. Uh, die hand, die for let's it, whatever the fuck, however you pronounce it, is real. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go along with it, and I'm going to get fucked tonight by his little teacup dick, so. <laughs> I have a feeling it's not that little, though. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I've seen the Red Shoe Diaries. It didn't look... I wasn't impressed. Wait, who, what have you seen that shows this? Because I think I may need to watch this after we're done recording. You've never seen the Red Shoe Diaries with David Duchovny and they show his fucking wang? No! Oh my God, how have I missed something that shows David Duchovny's wang? Uh, movie, Showtime, uh, 1990s, like in his prime, David Duchovny. All right. Google it right now. Uh, let, let's do a live reaction shot of like... Jillian discovering David Duchovny's actual penis. What's Wait, underneath the teacup? What What is the movie? Just Just write David Duchovny Red Shoe Diaries. David Duchovny news. what? Red Shoe Diaries. Red Shoe Diaries. Okay. How has this eluded you all these years? I have no idea. <laughs> How have you never brought this up before in our in our friendship? I don't understand. I feel like I have. I feel like I've like said like you know what. Like, that teacup is not covered up much. What? No, you've never said that. Well, maybe I've thought it. <laughs> maybe I thought I've said it. Okay, um, I am not seeing any images of penis here when I'm looking at the Google images search. Oh, is this a, um, is this a Mandela effect? I think maybe you're thinking you've seen his penis and you just haven't. Maybe it's, maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's in my dream journal. I'll have to look. I'll have to, like, go back to my dream, dream journal, journal and look. <laughs> Dreaming of David Duchovny's penis? Well, I can't yes. pause it there. All right. Well, we'll have to move on. This will have to be, like, a side quest for Jill. See, you know what came up in the fucking Google Images search for this that you told me to search? The fucking teacup photo came up in the search. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still not seeing any photos of penis. All right, well, I'm thoroughly you... disappointed, and I will need to watch this movie to see if they actually show it, because well, that would make my day. Maybe this takes place in the alternate universe that I live in. Maybe it's my... in your own simulation. Maybe we live in separate uh, superstition stations from like, <laughs> different Earths. Like, you're like Earth 11, and I'm like Earth like 12. <laughs> <laughs> But I am on. seeing some yeah. nice shirtless pics, which that ain't a bad thing. All right. Well, we we got some more uh, Satanica Panica to get through. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Bring it on. We got a lot. We got a fucking lot to go through. Because I thought, like, I was like, maybe we can break this up into, like, three or four episodes. But I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it in one. Yeah, we're doing it all in one. However, though, um, can we, like, take a pause for a moment? Like a pee break? Yeah. All right.
back. Are you ready to hear about the McMartin trial? Oh, yeah. All right, so this is fucking wild. This is like hysteria, like satanic ritual abuse hysteria. So this was like a daycare sexual abuse case in the 1980s uh, in the Los Angeles district. And I guess there was like a, like a, the McMartin family, like, you know, you know, people like open like daycares in the home and they just like take care of kids and shit like during the day, like while like your, their moms work at a bank and shit. Yeah. So they operated, operated a preschool in Manhattan Beach, California. And all of a sudden, like out of the fucking blue, like after all this, like Michelle remember shit, like starts like coming out. They were now charged with numerous acts. Yes, girl. Numerous acts. Of sexual abuse of children in the care. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. This is fucking wild. <laughs> this is fucking wild. Accusations were made in 1983. Arrests and the pretrial investigation ran from 1984 to 1987. And the trial itself ran from 1987 to 1990. So this, like, fucking just ebbed on. This been, like, a decade. Yeah, this just fucking went on. Yeah. This went on and on. And after six years of criminal trials, no convictions were ever obtained. Uh, and all charges were dropped in the, in 1990. And it was fucking expensive. It was, like, at the time, one of the most expensive fucking criminal trial in American histories. And... Yeah. Like, they started going back... Like, you want to hear some of, like, the accusations that were made during this? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I don't know, like... The, the, I don't want to get, like, too specific and drop names and shit, but now, like, some of the accusations were described as bizarre in quotes yeah overlapping with accusations that married like the just started satanic ritual abuse panic it was alleged that in addition to having been a sexually abused they like the kids claimed to have seen witches fly the witches also traveled in a hot air balloon and were taken into underground tunnels and abused um and this sounds like they watched <laughs> the wizard of oz in their daycare and, like, really misinterpreted it. <laughs> Could be. And then, um, so they started, like, sh um, some investigator started showing, or actually a lawyer started showing, actually, the McMartin's lawyer, like, who was, like, the people being accused, started showing the kids, like, pictures of, like, people and, like, saying, did these people yep. abuse you? They showed one of the one of the children a picture of Chuck Norris. And the child <laughs> said... Yes, he was one of the abusers. So, like, this is just fucking wild as shit. Yeah, so, so basically these kids were being shown, like, movies and shit in their daycare to, like, keep them quiet and probably, like... Misinterpreting life. Right, yeah, basically, like, having one of those moments where they couldn't distinguish, hey, this memory is of watching a movie, not of my real life. Yes, so, like, it gets wild here. So, like... Some of the like the abused, they were alleged to have occurred in like secret tunnels beneath the school. They started doing like excavations underneath these schools. Nothing. They found like fucking nothing. They mm -hmm. spent like all this money. They're now like saying that there's like, like the kids said they saw like babies being flushed down toilets, um, to secret rooms, and then like some children like claimed they were like now part of a game called like Naked Movie Stars, suggesting they were like forcibly photographed nude. And it was just like it was crazy. This whole fucking like crazy hysteria and they they kinda like boiled it down to like hysteric parents like mm -hmm. that's like what eventually became like because you know what they were like watching these like news programs and stuff like 
Oprah and Sally Jesse Raphael and Geraldo. And they were reading things like Michelle Remembers. And it was like, hold on. Like, why is my kid saying these, like, weird things? And you got to think, like, the kids are probably, like, overhearing their parents talk about stuff. And then, you know, misinterpreting things and, like, whatever. But they're also parents that are watching things, like, news programs or anything like that in the evening... Kids are probably overhearing it in their bedrooms or they're still up and watching the news program with their parents. So that actually takes a toll on kids. Like they can like have false memories of, you know, they were watching some news program about something and they like make their their imagination fucking takes over and makes it like a a memory of them being involved in it. Yeah. And like a hot scoop. So I remember watching like Return of the Jedi when I was like really young. Yeah. And seeing the Ewoks. And then, like, I was, like, playing, like, near the woods one day, and I saw, like, raccoons, and I was like, holy shit, it's Ewoks. Yeah. And I, I told all my friends we were, like, Ewoks in the woods, and, like, now we were convinced there was fucking Ewoks in the woods until I like, was, like, a little bit older, and I was like, wait, there wasn't fucking Ewoks in the woods. There was fucking raccoons. I was like, what's right. wrong with me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, so. it's like me. Like, my dad watched a lot of shit for a while when I was younger. He was watching a lot of shit about, like, alien abductions and stuff. Man, did that have an impact on me. Like, I seriously couldn't, like, watch out my window because I was convinced I was going to see a flying saucer for a while there. So, like, shit like that. Kids, really, their imaginations are freaking, like, running wild. So anything that they see that supposed truth makes it even worse. Yes. Which is well. So, but, hold on. Do you want to, like, do a complete 180, though? Oh, yeah. All right. Let's spin this shit. I feel like we should get down to some actual fucking satanic ritualistic murders. Okay. Maybe. Allegedly. So yep. Alleged. Like, allegedly. Allegedly. I'm just going to say allegedly. This is an alleged podcast. So, <laughs> like, I, you read all this shit, like, all this shit's going on. Parents are scared. All over the fucking country. Similar fucking things. Like, people don't want to put their kids in daycare. Um, just fucking murder. Like, people are like, oh my god, like, but like, wait, you never hear about missing babies and shit, so it's like, right. we're, like, who? Are they baby farming people? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Like, where are all these, like, satanic sacrifices? Like, where? Where are they? Yeah, why are we not, like, finding these, like, just randomly found by people? But should we do a callback? Should we do a callback to episode two of our podcast? The Bridgewater yeah. Triangle. Yes. So... I, I feel like we'll always, like, go back to the Bridgewater Triangle in some fashion. They're, like, something will lure us back there. Well, it is close like, to home, and, I mean, a lot of it we really... We lived really, it. Yeah, we, and plus, we, I feel like we pretty much debunked a lot of it, and it was, like, pretty easy in that regard. Yeah, but I, I feel like we did, like, a high-level overview of it, and yep. there's, like, smaller fragments and, like, smaller stories. Like, we, we only got, oh, like, yeah. the popular stories... Totally. Just There's a things. lot more that goes into it that we didn't touch upon at all. So listen to episode two of our podcast, The Bridgewater Triangle, to get like a brief overview of it's a big area of Massachusetts where yes. weird shit happens like UFOs, Bigfoot sightings, fucking pterodactyl creatures, uh, ghosts, weird creatures, yeah. just all kinds. Bigfoot. Ginger, like, say- ginger hitch- hitchhikers. <laughs> Dude, yes. never pitch up a, pick up a hitchhiker, especially if they're gingers. <laughs> but... Um, like, uh, we kind of like very, very briefly touched on 
the Freetown Fall River State Forest, I think. Like, yes, I think we like dabbled. We, we like surfaced it. Yeah, we we basically glazed over it. And I gotta say, when I saw your notes on this podcast, this episode that we you wanted to do, I was like, oh, Freetown State Forest, we're totally going back. Yeah, we're going back to our roots. And like, you know what? The next time in Massachusetts, like, I think we should take a trip there and do like a like just a walk through, just to see the area. Because I've never Hell been yeah. there. Like, have you ever been there? I don't think I've been to the Freetown State Forest. Um, I've been by it, I feel like, because I used to, when I was going to BCC, um, I used to drive the back way um, instead of going all the way on 24 because it was freaking just ridiculous. I'd go 79 through a good chunk of it and then get on 24 right before you got into Fall River. And I feel like I went by the Freetown State Forest when I did that because 79 goes through Freetown. Yeah, like I've never actually been inside it, but I think I feel like I've been around it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, but it's I hard know. to not go by it when you live in the area, I guess. But like something in like something lures me to reading about it. Like I'm always interested in the free. Well, it's like technically called the Freetown slash Fall River State Forest. Yes. I think what's right is in Freetown, but I think yeah. like a, like a, it dips it dips it low into free, uh, Fall River a little bit, right? It's probably the only trees in Fall River. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, because, like, Fall River is already, like, kind of, like, weird on its own because of, like, the Lizzie Borden thing. So it's, like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of weird shit in Fall River aside from Lizzie Borden because it was, a, um, it was like, an industrial town, um, you know, kind of back in the day when, like, Middleborough was an industrial town. So there's a lot of, like, weird shit that took place and, like, you know, ghost lore and stuff because of that. Yeah, so, like, the free... The Freetown slash Fall River State Forest, like, it hosts, like, a fair share of strange shit. Like, we yep. talked about, like, it's, like, the, um, the, um, the King Philip, like, war and that ledge and, like, all this shit. So, like, definitely mm-hmm. go back and listen to that episode. We kind of get into it. And we'll totally. definitely revisit it again because there's so much shit that happens there. But tonight, we want to talk about the brutal murders and the unsolved crimes and alleged cult activity that take place either in the forest or around the forest. Mm-hmm. Because uh, one thing we want to point out is that the forest is in in within the Bridgewater Triangle. Yes. So it's kind of like there. there's rumors, because I watched a few documentaries and YouTube videos about this. They like the Hockamock Swamp is kind of mm-hmm. like a hotbed. And this forest, the state forest, is kind of like the hotbed. And what? it's... It makes sense because, like, the state forest, like, it's a big ass forest. It, it encompasses a lot of land, mm-hmm. and there's, there, it's probably like uncharted. There's probably a lot of like uncharted territory. Let's just like, it's not. That's actually what I was about to say too. Like, they, <laughs> there's a lot of similarities as far as like landscape and stuff like that for the the Hockamock Swamp and the Freetown State Forest. Like, there's a it's just like very wildernessy, much more than a lot of people in the area are used to. So it's just kind of like an easy target for, um, you know, paranormal activity, suspicions, and things like that, just because of the mystery of the place in general. Just like it's kind of mysterious as to a lot of people don't know what's in there and you could technically easily get lost and like starve to death trying to find your way out because you're not familiar with how to get through it and whatnot. Yeah. There's like, there's like trails and shit, but yeah, like if you venture off the trail, like you might have, 
Yeah, I wouldn't say like you're like, well, you're probably fucked, but like it, it'd be like a while before you found your way out. Right. It's like, not easily. It, it wouldn't be as bad as say like um, Yosemite, Yosemite where you're gonna, just yeah. going to like turn up dead or not even existing at all. You're just going to like, there's going to be one of your camera lenses found. But um, definitely, especially for people that aren't really familiar with how to navigate through forest and stuff like that. Easy to get lost, easy to die just from the elements. Yeah, so um, in the late 1970s and the early 80s, they there's been like an alleged spike in sinister cult activities in the forest mm-hmm. with police finding various pieces of evidence that supported the existence of such activities, including an actual underground bunker that was apparently used to carry out various cult rituals and possibly human sacrifices. Um, and one, all right, I have an anonymous story. Uh, one famous anonymous story f- comes from the early 80s mm-hmm. when a bog worker, like we have a lot of cranberry bogs in Massachusetts. So yes. you have a, like people like build their bogs in remote areas. So, like people, it's not disturbed and shit. Yeah, there are. A lot of the, like, more rural towns in Massachusetts are full of cranberry bogs. Case in point, Ocean Spray. Anybody who drinks Ocean Spray that listens to this, yeah, um, you are drinking cranberry juice from Massachusetts, from near our hometowns. Um, It's, like, right off, like, right in Middleborough, Lakeville area. That's where Ocean Spray has all their fucking cranberry bogs. They're everywhere around there. And yeah. so it creates for like very swampy, creepy, like they're always like kind of surrounded by trees and there's like sand piles and stuff. It's a little creepy in the bogs. Yeah. A hot scoop. I used to live like a cum shot distance away from a cranberry bog. So it was just like <laughs> right there was an ocean spray cranberry bog. Yeah. Right there. Ditto, but not ocean spray. And <laughs> I guess not exactly a cum shot. I'm not really a squirter. So... <laughs> <laughs> well anyway um in the 80s um so one bog worker um he was like complaining of trespassers he's like oh my god all these fucking people they're like walking through my fucking bog walking through my property they're dressed in black robes and he finally like contacted the police and the police came out and they went on like investigated like the area they supposedly went to and they found a large pentagram in the ground, as well as a design made up of carefully placed stones. Um, hmm. they, the pentagram was taken away and the stones dispersed, but the authorities visited the scene the following day, and both the pentagram and the stone configurations like, were back. Like They reappeared again. So, like, the police took away them, huh. the stones and shit, and they were back again the next day. So it was like kind of weird. Okay. And then... And then, like, over the years, they're always, like, saying they're finding, like, dead, like, dead animals and, like, ritualistic sacrifices, like, cattle, you know, all kind of, like, mutilated animals, like, in the area of of this place. This kind of makes me wonder, though, with the, like, cranberry bog aspect and, like, people walking around and shit, it kind of makes me wonder if the guy who owned the bogs was just, like, pissed off at people walking around in the bogs, like, walking their dogs and shit like that. And was he maybe the perpetrator that put out the, like, pentagrams and shit to try and give himself something to stand on, like, a leg to stand on with the police to make it, make it so that, like, the police are, are monitoring and making sure there's no trespassers around his bogs? Because yeah. I gotta say, the bogs we lived near... 
that's where we walked our dog. Because it was easy. You could let him off leash, he would fucking run, and you could still see him as, you know, he could, like, run it out because he was, like, part collie or something and he had fuck tons of energy. So you could just let him off leash and he'd run and run and run and be a crazy dog and you could see him because it was all clear because of the fucking bogs. So you just, like, as long as you can see him on the bogs, you're good and he'll eventually catch up to him or he'll come back. So I wonder if he was just, like, pissed off about, like, people walking their dogs around the property and was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to make a pentagram and call the cops and be like, dude, people are performing ritual sacrifices on my land. You you need to come down here and monitor this shit. Are you thinking of, like, a Scooby-Doo villain? Kind of, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, totally Scooby-Doo-esque. I kind of like that about it because I have lived near Cranberry Bogs and... Like, I've gone to them, and the people are like, get off my fucking property, you fucking asshole. And I'm like, sorry, I'm just, like, bringing my dog out here to poop. Right. <laughs> like, and seriously. They, they and it is kind of like anger, and I guess, in a way. But, I don't know, I'm just like, yeah, like, that could be right. But then, there's, like, that is one aspect, but there are definitely, like, something more sinister happened. And we're going to get into it. Because okay. now we're getting into, like, crime. Like, actual criminal activity. Like, and shit this goes, the police is investigated and shot. Like, actual shit. Yeah. And this is wild. Like, fucking, I, I hope you're fucking sitting down. Are you sitting you down? You know I am. <laughs> you know I'm sitting my ass on my couch, so. <laughs> All right. So, like, we're now, like, in the early 80s. Actually, I think it's, like, late, it's, like, late 70s. It's not even the early 80s. It's like, it's late 70s, and we're now at a place called the Ice Shack which is in the Freetown State Forest. Okay. And this was a small building constructed for the purpose of lodging, like, ice during the 1940s, like, before, like, actual... Oh, yeah! So, like, an ice house. So, basically, that's where people would go to get their giant chunks of ice for their ice chests before refrigerators were a thing. Yes. So, like, you know, as soon as, like, electricity became a thing, like, the ice... The ice shack became became obsolete. Like, you know, you didn't need to go to the ice shack anymore. And it was just this, like, place deep in the woods that, like, you didn't have to go to anymore. Because, like, the ice shacks were usually, like, in the woods, like, under brush and shit. Like, kind of, like, away from things. Like, trying to keep, like, the ice cool. Yeah, you don't want them, like, right in the sun. Of course, on Cape Cod, I gotta say, even, like, after electricity and shit, because of where our cottages are, where they have no electricity, um, before, like gas refrigerators were the mainstream down there people had ice chests still my dad actually has like stories about rowing across to the freezer property which now has a big house on it um because there that used to be basically the ice place where you'd get your giant check of ice and he'd row across with his brother and get like one of his brothers and they'd have to that was their thing they'd have to row across and get a big thing of ice and row back and get it in the freezer and so, like, he's got all these stories about doing that kind of shit. And that was, like, fairly recent. That's in my parents' lifetime. You know, that's in the 50s and shit. And yeah, 50s so, and 60s. So, like, you know, that's not super long time ago. It's crazy. Yeah, but, like, like the 70s and shit, like, it's, like, it started to become obsolete. And right, it there's did. There's probably a lot of ice shacks that are, like, all right, you know, you might need, like, one or two ice shacks, but you don't need, like, ten of them. So there's there's a yeah. lot of abandoned ones now. Right. You're so, not getting the big business that you were because it's no longer a necessity. Yeah. So, like, now um, there's there's rumors that, um, like, cult activity and, like, drug dealing are now starting to be carried out in these old structures. 
But um, there's like an actual murder, like an actual fucking murder that is connected to the ice shack. And it stands out. It, this fucking stands out in particular. And it ends up being like the beginning of a string of vicious killings um, by a pimp <laughs> and a alleged satanic cult leader by the name of Carl Drew. Have you ever heard that name, Carl Drew, before? I feel like if you live in Massachusetts, you know that name. Yeah, that's a very familiar name, but I feel like I just have heard the name. I don't really know a lot behind it, which All is right, weird. We're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. You know this name. He. Yep. He's kind of, it, it's a. It, like, I feel like what? I've heard it referenced, but I've never really kind of did it, understood any of the background. I would say, like, beginning in, like, the mid-90s, the name started to, like, disappear. You didn't hear of it anymore. But yeah. Drew, he basically was a pimp. Carl Drew was a pimp. <laughs> and he was known for using his, uh, he he dabbled in Satanism. In, like, mm-hmm. the vicious form of Satanism. Like, the one we're scared of. The right. one the satanic panic is, like, a part of. Right, like, the mainstream, like, this is what everybody thinks Satanism is. Yeah, this is the one that, like, Oprah's on fucking Channel 5 right now going, you need to hide. You need to hide. You need to hide. You, like, like that. Like, you need to lock up your daughters, lock up your sons, fucking lock everyone up, and just fucking go to the moon because Satan is, Satanists are going to get you. So, like, Carl Drew is, like, in the old way of talking, a fucking Satanist. Like, the one yeah. you should be afraid of. Like, like now, like, we were saying, like, this is a joke. But it might not be a joke because now we're getting to the fucking nitty gritty. Yep. So Carl Drew, a cult leader slash pimp involved in a string of vicious killings. And he he used fucking like his Satanistic approach approaches to keep his fucking prostitutes in line. He threatened them like, if you don't fucking like do what I want you to do, I'm going to fucking sacrifice you. I'm going to, you're going to be fucking stoned to death. Like something, something horrible is going to happen to you. That's pretty fucking harsh, man. Yeah. And so finally, like, not like finally, but like (laughs) horribly on October 13th, 1979, the brutally murdered corpse of a prostitute named Donna Levesque was found behind the demon vocational high school, which is like. Diamond. I'm sorry. The Diamond. Sorry, I know somebody who taught there for a while. I don't know if he still does. All right. The Diamond Vocational <laughs> High School, which is like, it's so fucking close to the forest. It's it really so goddamn is. close. It really is. And it's like a main um, high school in Fall River. It's one of the like main ones. All right. And I feel horrible that I said this name wrong because <laughs> I just, I, re- I read it like Demon. Like, oh my God, Demon. Demon High School. Oh! <laughs> But you're like Diamond. It's fucking no, Diamond. It's like sorry. named after somebody named Diamond, probably. No, I, I just know because one of my favorite teachers when I was in high school in Middleborough, he um, ended up, he lived in Fall River, and he ended up transferring um, partway through a year to Diamond. And I remember him, like, writing it on the board because everybody was calling it Diamond, like, with like a I D. And with, no, like, D-I-M, um... Like with a D at the end, basically. I can't fucking spell diamond. So, so with a <laughs> Shine D. Shine bright like a diamond. <laughs> yeah. So, like with a D at the end. And he was like, no, it's diamond. There is no freaking D at the end. People get it straight. And I remember him writing it on the board. So, that's like how I remember it because 
He is an amazing teacher, and I hope where every... Like, I haven't seen him in years, obviously, because I'm not in high school anymore, and then he transferred and whatever. But he was, like, one of the best teachers I ever had, and I really hope he's still out there teaching because, you know, his teaching method is a great one for kids. So, Well, if you, sorry, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> tweet us. If you listen to this podcast, tweet us at Red Red Mystery. Yeah, Mr. Rebello, um, if you're out there listening and checking up on your former students from, like, you know, over a decade ago, um, yeah, I'm not a complete failure, and I still remember a lot of what you taught me about history, so, like us. She has a podcast. Uh, can yeah. you say that for all your other students? Yeah, she has a fucking podcast. So, shut up <laughs> her. All right. So, all right, we're going to get serious right now. Are you ready yep. for the fucking horrific murder? Yeah, bring it down a Yep. We All right, gotta, so she was found behind the Diamond High School. Yep. Her wrists had been bound with fishing line, Ooh. and there were signs of sexual torture. That is just gruesome. She had also been stabbed in the head several times and suffered multiple skull and face fractures. Well, yeah, if she was stabbed in the head several times, I would expect so. Okay, police discovered that the young girl had been prostituting herself and... They initially suspected one of her clients of committing the murder. However, mm. are you ready? You ready yep. for the fucking the scary part? However, the county medical examiner determined that the killing was likely committed by multiple people, more than fucking one person. And the forensic evidence also suggested a ritual element to the crime. Ooh. So, they all right. Their their i their thought was stoning. Like this, like she was stoned to death. Really. And all right, the trail of blood left behind would soon lead the investigation in a different, much darker direction. And hold on, we have uh, two alleged witnesses came forward. Two other prostitutes, Karen Marston, twenty years old. And Robin Murphy, 18 years old, they explained later that it had been a ritual killing carried out by Drew near the ice shack. And hold on. The story of how police became introduced to Karen and Robin is pretty fucking bizarre. Are you ready for the story? Oh, yeah. I love the bizarre. All right. So <sighs> I'm going to take a deep breath here. So a month after, about a month after Levesque's battered corpse was discovered a man named Andy Maltese? Maltese? I don't want to say his name. Maltius? I, Maltius. I don't okay. know. <laughs> he, he visited the Fall River Police Station. He was there to file a missing person report for his girlfriend, a 22-year-old prostitute named Barbara Raposa, who later on was, like, found dead. We'll get to that in a bit. Of course. Um, um, who, like Levesque, worked the Bedford Street area. Uh, which I guess is an area, like a hot area for like prostitutes in the Fall River. Yeah. Area. So Bedford Street, I think, might be Route 18. I could be wrong. I know Bedford Street in other areas is, is Route 18, and it could be the same in Fall River. But it's I think you're right. Main I think you're right, actually. Yeah. It's um, like if a, I'm wrong, tweet us and correct us. But please do, please do correct <laughs> us because geography is not my strong suit either. But. Um, yeah, Bedford Street is like a main strip. Like, so that's, you're going to see like a lot of traffic along those areas and things like that. So I would say it would be a fair place to find some business if you're a prostitute. Yeah, 
And yeah, like if, if I'm whoring myself out, you don't want to be on like a side street. You want to right. Like you want to get some business because you want to make the fucking cash. And if you have a pimp, they're making you make the fucking cash, whether you want to or not. <laughs> yeah, and like, as we talked about in the Bridgewater Triangle episode, Route 18 is a fucking hot spot. Yeah. For spooky elements. That's where that ginger hitchhiker is. No, that's 44. That's Route 44. Was it? But it? Yeah, it was 44. Oh shit! It was. But we're, like, kind of getting close to that area, though, because I think... Well, actually, no, I think well, it was Seekonk. Seekonk was the, the 44 hitchhiker. I thought it was closer, though, for some reason. Well, but Route 18 anyway. and Route 44 crisscross were, like, where we used to live. That's And true. I never saw a red-headed hitchhiker in all my fucking days down there. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I didn't either. But, um, yeah. And I traveled many a nights down that road, and I never saw a fucking red-headed hitchhiker. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> But if you, but if you go further down forty four, where it gets like creepier, I could totally like Seekonk, Swansea ish. Yeah, because we never really, I, at least I never really drove a lot on forty four in those areas. Like you're never. I wouldn't. I went as far there. as like Raynham Taunton. Yeah, that's like okay. So if you're from the area that which, uh, like that we're from, if you're on forty four, you're pretty much sticking to like Middleborough, Plimpton. Lakeville, um, Plymouth. May- Plymouth, definitely, because then you can go to the that's- waterfront and that's a whole other whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but you may be going into Rainham to hit up Walmart. Go, go to the waterfront and sleep with some sailors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, or just some bouncers. Um, anyway, yeah. aside from my past, um, like you may go to Walmart. There's one in Plymouth now that is 24 hours, but. There's a before, Chili's, a Chili's yes. Bond Grill. <laughs> but before those even were there, like when the Plymouth Walmart was like, you know, just it, it closed at a certain time of night, the 24-hour Walmart to go to was in Rainham, and that is the one like on 44. But that's really as far as you were going. You weren't going past Rainham. You didn't get into Taunton really even, at, unless you were going to the mall, but even that, you weren't on 44 to go there. You went on No, you cut off the 24. Yeah, you yeah. cut off. But so hold on. You didn't really go I, into 44 all that much into, like, the areas where there were the creepy shit happening on 44. I would sometimes go to the Eagles, though, and get, like, a nice steak. But Yeah, but that isn't even that far down. That's like No, it's like a that, mile down. Yeah, that's <laughs> not that far down from where you'd cut off on 24 if you were going to the that's, mall. So like that's, like, where 44 ended for me, was, like, at the Eagles. So I was like, yeah. Oh, it's oh no, I totally get Um, <laughs> I think, for me, it ended at, like, I'm trying to think, like, maybe the Bennies in... in oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. I went a little like, beyond that, really though. You really but... went beyond that. Like, <laughs> Maybe you went down as far as the 99, and then at 44, Ugh. like, really didn't look like 44 anymore, and that was, like, where it really ended. But it was still 44 until it got to the fucking, like, Taunton Green and shit. But you never went that far because you don't want to deal with the Taunton Green. Yeah, I always, like, cut off. Like, even though I was, like, going beyond the Taunton Green, I would cut off and, like, do, like, weird ways around it. Cause yes! Because I go to the fucking Taunton Green. Because the Taunton Green sucks! It does! It does! And there's so <laughs> many side streets you can take to, like, circumvent it. Even going to the fucking hospital, which is, like, practically on the Taunton Morton. Green. Shout out to Martin. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> no shout out to Martin. No, no shout out to Martin. They suck. But, like, you'd always go the side street. If you're in the wrong lane, like, you go the wrong way, and then you have to, like, fucking circle back around again and shit. Yes. Oh, my God. That was so. fucking hell. 
So I'm like, hold on. It's like you will like just go off 44 and you go like wherever you need to go, like 138 or something. Yeah. 138 was a big one. Because if you, yeah. can, you can get there from a bunch of different side streets and then you're gold. You don't have to worry about the, the green or any of the other bullshit in the area. All right. So we're doing Geography Corner. <laughs> geography Corner. <laughs> uh, if you're local, you probably appreciate it. Like, oh, like, you're probably like saying, hold on, you did that wrong. You did that wrong. But no, we probably didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but hold on. We, we live this into... life. <laughs> yeah. We have to get into like the brutal discovery a month Later, after Levesque's battered corpse is found and Andy Maltias visited the Fall River Police Station. Uh, and as I said, he was there to file a missing person report for his girlfriend. Yep. And um, Andy told the police that he feared for the woman's safety. He was like, she's like, she's been missing for a few days. I don't know where she is, but like, as he was like given his story he just had to like mumbling he was a fucking mm -hmm. mumbler he's the mumbler he mumbled something oh, about a satanic cult and claimed to have information relating to the levesque murder um and then with no other leads in the case the police they arranged for a formal interview to see what exactly this like weird man knew and he then like spout out two fucking names he was like hold on i got fucking two people who could fucking tell you exactly what happened Karen Marsden and Robin Murphy, who we aforementioned. And yeah. so the fucking police rounded them up and throughout their interview, Robin Murphy was fucking silent. She like did not say fucking anything. And Karen Marsden did all the fucking talking. She fucking sang. She fucking sang. And she was just like rambling at various levels of coherency. And she eventually, like, broke down in tears and told the police that Carl Drew killed Levesque. Like, he, Carl Drew was the one you need. Yes. So, hold on. So, I, I, I told you about um, Andy, and he was, like, looking for his girlfriend slash prostitute, Barbara Posa. Yep. All right. Well, guess what? You ready? Oh, yeah. Um, not too much long after this... Um, she was found dead. <laughs> she, she yeah, was she was January, found dead in January. Yep. Jan January 26, 1980, the frozen and bloody corpse of Barbara Raposa was discovered in the woods behind an abandoned printed factory. Her wrists were tied together with fishing line, again with fishing line. Yep. Goddamn uh, fucking fishing line, man. She had been sexually assaulted and her skull had been crushed with a rock. And mm. yeah, um, so this is kind of like kind of weird. And the first person to be interviewed in connection with her murder was Andy. Fucking Andy is like called back in. Dude. The last person allegedly to see her alive. Mm -hmm. And a nervous Andy denied any knowledge of the crime. However, however, a few days later, he contacted the police after receiving details of the murder in a psychic dream. You ready for the psychic dream? Yeah. All right. So police played along on, and they brought Andy to the crime scene, allowing him to de describe what he had seen in his dream in quotations. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that he was quite the clairvoyant, knowing exactly where the woman's body had been discovered, its positioning, the time of death, the method of killing and various other details that were not made public. Hmm. So his psychic testimony was indeed helpful to the investigation, although probably not in the way it was intended, because 
A then confused Andy soon found himself in handcuffs and charged with murder. Murder. Well, I mean, really, he basically just fed them. He's like, hey, I know all these things about this murder. And it's like, okay, why wouldn't they assume that you did it? Because that's a little fucking suspicious. This reminds me, actually, there's an episode of Law & Order Criminal Intent where I think it's, is it Martin Short? I think it's Martin Short. I think, oh, I know you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, he plays a, a supposed psychic. And he's trying to find this, like, a high school or, or college-age girl. Hold on, hold on. Can I just time out? I just think of Martin Short on Arrested Development where he has little legs that don't move. <laughs> 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 so maybe I'm combining, like, Martin Short characters. Yeah, I think you might be. <laughs> All right, go on, though. Go on. So in this episode, he plays, like, this supposed psychic. And there's this girl who's, like, college-age who is a virgin who is, like, trying to make some money. And decided to, like, sell her virginity to the highest bidder on some, you know, internet, whatever. And then all of a sudden she disappeared before the, like, bidding ended or whatever. She fucking disappeared. So they're investigating her disappearance. And he comes in as a supposed psychic and he's, like, trying to help the police find this missing girl. And he's like, I have to go through her room and, like, touch her things. And he's, like, picking up her panties and, like, smelling them and shit. <laughs> And he's being wicked fucking creepy. And he's like, I can see her in this dark place and all this shit. And he ends up being, he is just like using Google to find out shit. Like little tidbits about like the investigators and stuff to make himself seem like he's being psychic. Because he can pick up all these things about them out of the top oh. of his head. But it's in reality, he actually had like Google searched them and like gotten all this dirt on them. So that he could make himself appear psychic. And he was the one that actually fucking kidnapped this girl and was, like, raping and brutalizing her. And and he was just, like, getting off on the fact that her parents were lighting him into her bedroom and he could, like, touch all of her shit. And it was, like, getting him off on that because he really knew where she was because he had been the kidnapper. So, like, the whole fact that um, Malteus or whatever this guy's name is, Andy. Um, Andy? Yes. Andy. Right, yeah, shout Andy. Andy. <laughs> um, no shout out like, to Andy, sorry. No shout out. He's a dirtbag, <laughs> it seems like, at least. Like, the fact that he's like, I had this psychic dream, and I can see where her body was found, and what position it was in, and all this shit. Like, that just screams to me, yeah, you're not a psychic, you actually did it, and that's how you know this shit. Yeah, so, hold on, it, it gets a little weird, though. We're gonna get, we're gonna go into, like, eerie Indiana territory now. Okay. So... All right, so we remember Kara Marston. She was one of the um, the one of the prostitutes that brought in in the Levesque case. Yep. So, since her initial interview, she's kept in touch with police. Like she's been working with the detectives in the area, just like keeping in touch. Mm -hmm. They're like asking her, like, "What are your thoughts on this?" And she's like offering her opinions and all this shit. So, um, they, I, she didn't spill too much, but they generally believe that she was present for both murders: the murder of Levesque. And Raposa. Okay. So, although, like, her recollections would sharply contrast with uh, Robin Murphy's versions of the events, she, she did maintain that Carl Drew was, like, the cult figurehead, like the Charles Manson, so to say, in this whole thing. Okay. And he was, like, the mastermind behind these killings. And she, she started to, like, point to Robin Murphy. Like, now, like, Robin Murphy, like, the one that she was brought in with, like, saying, hey, mm. like, Robin Murphy and Carl Drew are behind these. Like, hold on, you need to look at both of these people. Interesting. So, like, now this is, like, wild. And she then, like, said, like, all right, Robin Murphy, 
and Carl Drew, they were present in the mutilation and the murder of Levesque and Raposa. For ritual purposes. She even, like, specified, like, for ritual fucking purposes. And, it's like, she she really wanted to break free from the... She was repulsed by the violence. She wanted to break free. It didn't work out well for her. I'm sorry. Like, days after fucking Raposa was found dead, on February 8th, 1980, she was tortured and fucking killed in alleged satanic sacrifice. Her corpse had allegedly been brutalized in the most disturbing manner. Uh... Marsden had her, like, allegedly had her, like, she had her hair and fingernails ripped out while she was still alive. Oh. She was then savagely, savagely beaten over the head with stones, and then snap, like, her neck was snapped. Damn. So, fucking, yeah, wild shit fucking right there. Uh, her, her head was then cut off and kicked around, and her fingers had been removed to steal her rings, and a large X had been carved across her chest. Yikes. And this is a story that Robin Murphy, who had later like been implicated as accomplice, would eventually tell the police. So this is what Robin Murphy told the police. Mm-hmm. But the only signs of Marsden's body that they actually found were skull fragments and pieces of clothing that were discovered in April 13th, 1980. So like she disappeared in February and they found a fucking skull fragment in April. So And like, that was they, in they, the forest, right? That was in the forest. So they never actually found the rest of her body. They were just taking, like, Robin's fucking story of, like, what happened. Yikes. So, like, we don't even know if this is true or not, but it probably Right. Is. It sounds very circumstantial, but also creepy as fuck. So Robin then eventually testified in court to her part in the murders, as well as Drew's. And they also implicated Drew in the killing of Vesk. Mm-hmm. And he, he was then on all right, March 13th, 1981. He was found guilty of the murders and he would receive prison time when he was convicted of, like, in addition to this, convicted of assault with a deadly weapon on another prostitute. So, like, it's just, like, multiple fucking crimes. Dude, dude, this guy is, like, not nice to prostitutes. Yes, this guy is not nice to the prostitutes. And and if you Google a picture of him, he is fucking sketchy as fuck. I would not fucking eat dinner with this guy. (laughs) Never. So this is not the end of murders in Freetown Forest. So okay, there have been other murders in the Freetown State Forest as well, including a transient who was apparently mistaken for an undercover police officer and two men who were found mysteriously shot to death and abandoned in the forest in 2001. On top of that, Satanists and cultists are said to favor this location for their dark deeds, not only because it's remote, out of the way, not only because of its remote and out of the way location, but also due to its undercurrent of dark energy that they believe they can tap into to power their rituals and sacrifices. So, like, is there a larger underground crime organization in the area? Ooh. Because, hold on, we're not done yet. We are not fucking done yet. This is going on. (laughs) Are you ready? Are you ready for, like, the most, like, you thought that was a fucking popular case? What's another one? Are you ready for the 1978 murder of Mary Lou Aruda? Ooh, bring it on. Right. And hot scoop. Hot fucking scoop. I know someone that is a, like, that was her cousin. Really? So, like, now we're getting, like, on a personal level. So one of them, th- this is considered the most famous fucking crime in the Freetown Safe Forest. So okay. Mary Lou Aruda in 1978, on September 8th, she was seen riding her bicycle near her home in Raina, Mass. at around 4 p.m. 
At 4.30 p.m., 30 minutes fucking later, the girl's bicycle was found abandoned by the side of the road with a skid mark from a car and a cigarette right beside it. Several witnesses would come forward to report that they had seen a green car with a black racing stripe speeding away from the scene at around the time the girl is thought to have gone missing. And the police were able to gain enough insight into the driver's appearance to cobble together a sketch of the suspect, which was then placed on a wanted poster and plastered across the area. Hmm. And it's... An intensive police search was also launched into the air of Aruda's last known whereabouts. And her decomposing body was fi- finally found fucking two months later on November 11th, 1978. Tied to a tree within the Freetown State Forest. Within the fucking Freetown State Forest. It was determined the girl had still been alive when her beaten and battered body had been tied to the tree in a standing position. And sh- she then there lost consciousness. And the weight of her body had caused stress on her neck, ensuing asphyxia. It was determined that she had died the same day she had gone missing. So, like, she, I guess, fortunately passed away very quickly. Yeah, it wasn't, like, days and days worth. I I just keep thinking of, um, there's an episode of Black Mirror with uh, the woman that, like, wakes up in the house and has no memory of who she is or where she is. Yeah. And all the people are just, like, taking pictures out their windows and shit with their phone and taking video. And she's like, help me, help me. And there's people chasing her and shit. And then at the end, you find out that she was convicted of this crime, like her boyfriend and her abducted this kid and her boyfriend tortured the kid in the woods while she took video of it on her phone. And, um, fuck Black Mirror. Fuck yeah, Black Mirror. That show just is- and basically they put her through because her boyfriend kills himself in prison awaiting the trial. And so she's convicted and her punishment is to like relive basically the torture that she and he did to this kid. So she's like being videotaped and shit while she's like in complete and total horror and like whatever and being chased and stuff and she ends up in the woods like that's where it kind of ends is in the woods like where they found the girl and stuff strung to the tree and this just reminds me of that and fucking black mirror is so goddamn depressing god damn it yeah fuck blackmirror.com all right yep (laughs) so do you want to hear how mary lou aruda's case ends yes so, authorities finally tracked down a man by the name of James Cater, a donut maker, of all fucking things, who owned a gar match in the description, a bright green 1976 Opal with a black racing stripe. He also smoked the same cigarette brand that they found, like, at the crime scene, and he had, like, prior records he had been troubled the law before. And in this ensuing trial, Cater denied having anything to do with the murder, Although he would eventually be found guilty for, like, a different fucking crime. So he was, like, hmm. I guess, like, set free for this crime, but they, they caught him on something else. I don't know. It, the, it, the info that I found is sketchy, but... It sounds like he's a scummy guy, regardless. Yeah. So he... And eventually he was sentenced to life in prison, but to this day... But to this day, like, he was, like, he admitted to other crimes, but he's like, I had nothing to do with Mary Lou Arruda. Hmm. And add into this, like, add into this whole fucking thing... People that are, like, super into investigating this, like, they are not convinced. Like, they say, like, James Cater is not the murderer. Like... Really? He is... He's, like, the patsy in this. And... Ooh. Although yeah, but- it wasn't report, Although it was reported at the time, a large cross was discovered near the body. And the crime scene also happened to be in an area of the forest where ritual evidence would later be discovered 
during the Fall River cult murder investigations, which is the whole previous things we got into. So right. trying to like tie those two together. So like it's I, I gotta say though, based on the whole like conspiracy theory of um, you know, how the name appears in the headlines, we don't know this guy's middle name, so I don't think he was framed. Yeah, so there's I don't know, there's there's so much going on here. Like so I don't know too much about this case. It it mm-hmm. it it's just kind of like loosely tied in at the end. It takes place in the Bridgewater Triangle. Yep. Is it tied in? Is it not? Is it Conspiracy Corner? Who knows? We don't know. <laughs> All I have to say is, fuck the Freetown State Forest, but we're going to go there soon. <laughs> um. Yeah, when you come up to visit, we're totally going to take a little hike through there. And we'll give um Jay our like GPS of whereabouts so that in case neither of us come back, he can like send the police to where our last known whereabouts he'll be, were. He'll be like safely offshore. Yeah, we'll leave him at home. He'll be he'll be like with our coordinates and he'll be our backup plan as our scientist as to where we were last seen so that you know the police have somewhere to search for our bodies to start. Yeah, and if um if our bodies are never found, we can be immortalized in this podcast. So listen and to us. And maybe forever. it was just our escape to Conspiracy Cove. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> that that could maybe we just wanted to escape this fucking stupid planet and we just wanted to go to a little like woods in the middle of the ocean somewhere. we're we're living in the middle of yosemite broadcasting <laughs> from there yes so you know what don't look for us hmm. unless unless we like send like a secret code then yeah we'll send some paranormal signals out if you need to search for us we'll send a chemtrail out oh Ooh. <laughs> all right but hold on before we go do you have any last minute thoughts on the satanic panic I mean, like, there's a lot that I feel like we could easily discredit, but at the same time, there's, it, it, it seems like there could be some mass murdery shit going on, and they're just kind of using Satanism as an, as, as like a scapegoat. A cover-up. Yeah, yeah, like, okay, so we have a mass murderer. Well, we're going to blame it on Satanism, so we have some explanation that the public will understand instead of just going, this guy is fucking, like, this in so many ways and he just wanted to kill some prostitutes basically he's jack the ripper part two i don't know what to tell you or we just like we don't understand we fully don't understand murder like a murder right and, is something we need to understand and and people have an easier time with things when they can like put it in perspective with other things so they can grasp it better so basically saying okay well this guy's a murderer and he's a satanist and all these were like ritual sacrifices and things like that people will go oh my God, that's so horrible, but I have a concept of why it happened and what it is instead of going, this guy's a murderer. He just has no reason for murdering. He just likes to murder and he had no method as to how he chose people. It was just whoever was near him at the time. People can't like wrap their heads around that. So it's harder to like have people understand and really get behind, you know? Which is why I mostly try to stay in my superstition station because uh, murder... Murder is a muck. Hmm. It's all around us. People are going to continue to die. People There's are sociopaths. They like to murder people for no reason. And I'm just going to stay in my home unless like a new Marvel movie comes out. <laughs> then I will like venture out and watch it. <laughs> that is that is good. And, and even then, and even then, you know what? I might like wait a few days to see if it shows up on like illegal territories. Um, I got to so, say, that's kind of what we do. I mean, I feel like there have been several Marvel movies where we're like, we need to see that in theaters. And next thing we know, it's on Netflix. And we're like, OK, guess it's out of theaters. We're watching it on Netflix. <laughs> well, I will say the last one I watched in theaters was the Doctor Strange and I vomited because that movie made me fucking nauseous. So fuck you, Doctor Strange. Fuck you, Benedict Cumberbatch. 
See, we watched that on Netflix. I will come about you in your face. <laughs> oh, you probably would. No, he's ugly. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> he's got a nice accent, though. I like his voice. He did really well oh. with the voice of the dragon, the Smaug, and um, the Hobbit. Oh, yeah, okay. I'd never seen the Hobbit, but I'll take your word for it. He was the voice of... And he did the motion capture for the dragon, which I think is kind of fucking impressive. I do like him on uh, Sherlock, though. So shout out to Sherlock. Yeah. Have you but ever he, seen... He just sucked as Doctor Strange. Uh, just, I as a shitty Doctor Strange. See, I liked it, but I liked him as Doctor Strange. But, you know, whatever. To each their own. Have you ever seen him and uh, Robert Downey Jr. talk about how um, playing uh, Sherlock Holmes makes you an asshole? Yes! Holy fuck! Yeah! Like two dogs, great? two fucking Sherlock Holmes yes! together in the same room being and like fucking like, yeah, with each other. Playing this character basically makes you an asshole because the character is kind of an asshole and you just become that person to everybody. Yeah, fucking shout out to that. So, yes! uh, shout out to that. Shout out to every fucking thing and shout out to, to who our next episode. Oh, yeah. Should we do it? Oh, yeah. Should we do it? You know what, what do we you think, need, girl? You know what we need to right. do. You know what right. we need to do. All right. Hold on. We've been talking about this for months now. Months. Fucking months. We have so much research on this fucking shit. <sighs> I've been up all night. I've been fucking connecting dots on my fucking bulletin board with pieces of yarn and thumbtacks. Dude. And pictures. Seriously, I've been watching the skies like 24-7. Anytime I take a step out of my house, I'm like, oh, look skyward. There's some shit going down. Chemtrails! It's oh! right, motherfucker! <sighs> we got to get to the bottom of this shit because I'm pretty sure it's brainwashing us all. I'm ready. I'm ready. Me too. If we don't do it, fucking send us a smoke signal. Send us a fucking carrier <laughs> pigeon. Send us a tweet. Send us a... Um, Email? Send us a chemtrail? <laughs> yeah, send us a chemtrail. <laughs> Fucking send us something, girl. Send us something. Save us from the chemtrails because if we don't, we will die. This whole yep. planet will be ash and Thanos will turn us into like a little fucking like cluster or whatever. Having to Peter Parker yeah, spoil art. <laughs> yep. Sorry, Peter Parker. You suck. I hated Spider-Man Homecoming, so I don't care. I don't think I even saw um, Spider-Man Homecoming. What the fuck? I, w I watched it two nights ago. I thought it sucked. I was like, this movie's fucking stupid. Fuck. Fuck this movie. Fuck it. I, yeah, we But totally shout out to Black Panther. Shout out to Black Panther, though. Black Panther's a fucking movie. We haven't movie. seen that either, and I want to see it so fucking bad. I need to see that uh, one. Oh, my God. It looks so good. Out. All right. Hold on. This is my Marvel movie hierarchy. Okay. Captain America, Winter Soldier, top of the fucking food chain, Black Panther underneath it, and that's it. And everything else fucking sucks, except for Jessica Jones, season one and season two. Okay. Shout out to Jessica Jones. Oh, but I love Iron oh, Man. Oh, fuck Iron Man. Fuck him. Fuck him in his iron ass. Oh my God. He's, yeah, but you know what? He's so sarcastic and drunk. I kind of love fuck him. Fuck the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm done with it. Um, peace out. I oh, hope you fucking disappear into fucking- They're better than DC. Yeah, they are. You know what? Let's make a new cinematic universe. Let's do fucking X Files. Fucking David Duchovny and Boom. his teacups. Yes. And Jillian Anderson and a tired eyes. Teacup. Yes, she is the fucking shit. Jillian Anderson, you need some serious recognition. You are the shit. You are the fucking woman, and I love you. All right. And on that note, I think we should go. Yep. Let's. We'll uh, we'll prep some shit on chemtrails for next week's episode. Yeah, we, we're doing we're working on our fucking files, our, our dossier right now. So. Yep. Deuces. Deuces.